Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Tome Travelers, a fantasy science fiction book club podcast. Uh, this is episode 24, uh, and we are going to be wrapping up our discussion on The Blinding Knife, which is book two of Lightbringer by Brent Weeks. Um, but before we get into that, we have some big announcements today. Uh, the first is our Patreon launches tomorrow, which is November 1st, I believe. Yeah. We're recording this early, so I'm pretty sure it's November 1st. But as of the release of this episode, uh, our Patreon will launch tomorrow. Um, and what that means for some of you guys who possibly might want to like support us in other means is you'll be getting early release episodes. So as we record and edit the episodes, we'll post them on the Patreon. Um, so you'll get them early. You won't have to wait for the 1st, 15th, and 30th of the month. As well as um, you'll get a special Discord role in our Discord. And um, all of our Patreons, their names will be included at the end of um, the YouTube videos. And at launch, we have a special gift for you guys. Um, as you know, the fir very first book we did on this podcast was uh, The Blade Itself by Joe Abercrombie, which is part of a trilogy. We are going to be launching the Patreon with the entire trilogy on the Patreon. So we've been going through Before They Are Hanged and The Last Argument of Kings. And we'll have six episodes, three of each on the Patreon, ready to go, as well as... When we all were reading through the Stormlight Archive, we all stopped at book four. And so we have the entirety of Rhythm of War on the Patreon for you guys to view. You get Cosmere spoilers, tie-ins, all those kinds of things. We had some really great discussions talking about it. And so uh, we hope you guys also enjoy. So at launch, that's 12 total episodes. We put, we put Rhythm of War into 12 episodes or into six episodes six. each. So that is 12 episodes at launch, uh, which we're really excited about. So right. um, we'll also be adding more bonus episodes from other um, yeah. series. And just the, yeah. uh, the idea is that um, we're going to do sequel series mostly on the Patreon. And uh, our thinking is just, you know, the doing sequel books as our monthly books doesn't make as much sense to attract newer viewers so maybe older viewers who have been reading along can go to the patreon and keep following along in series with us right and this uh the blinding knife doing that for the the public is kind of like a test run to see how you guys like it so um i think it's going really well so um but yeah we have obviously our discord which you can join link in the description and Dylan, next month's book is Red Rising. Pierce Brown, I'm excited for it. Pierce Brown, yeah. I love um, it. well, that's the uh, the chunk of announcements that we have before we uh, jump into this episode. So, Whitson, you want to hit us with our fantasy question before we get into extreme spoiler territory? Yes, sir. So this one is uh, tied to the book that we're reading. Um, if you were a drafter in this universe, what would your colors be? You can you could say full spectrum polychrome if you want to. Just you got to justify it to us. So we're leaning towards more towards like uh, how the emotions are the emotions. Yeah, yeah, right. Like so, do, yeah. so like Liv is a super violet and a yellow, and like that's reflected in her personality. Or like you know, um, who else? Like Andros Guile is just rage yeah. and fury, and he's red, and you know, what do you think you would be? 
You gonna take it first, Dylan? I know I have blue in there because I'm a very logical person. Um, I think I think to take it a step further, I think you'd be super violent. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Little little bit of apathy in there, just a touch of apathy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think I'd have a splash of red. Um, what's orange? Orange, orange. is creativity. Yeah, and oh, like uh, yeah. empathy. Yellow is. Uh, yellow is like a, the balanced color it's like a little bit of everything yeah. kind of yeah yeah i think i'd be on the just opposite ends of the spectrum super violet and red this contiguous bichrome as gavin yeah. called it maybe a splash of green a little bit of wildness yeah just a hair what about you md um i think i have uh i have two and they're also discontinuous or whatever. Uh, the first is blue, because I just think I'm very logical. Um, also, like I I pulled up the appendix to like read the 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 descriptions of them, and it says blues are orderly, inquisitive, rational, calm, cold, impartial, intelligent, musical. Structure, rules, and hierarchy are important to them. Uh, blues are often mathematicians and composers, and I'm like I am both of those things. Um, <laughs> And then my second is going to be orange. Because yeah, orange okay, is... I was just going to say, if you don't put yeah. orange in there, I don't know what you're doing. Oranges are often artists, brilliant in understanding other people's emotions and motivations, which is true. And it's like it has like an associated vice and virtue. And for oranges, the vice is greed and the virtue is charity. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I think if... if... If I wasn't just straight yellow, or like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think definitely blue and green are in there, but then red and subred have to be in there too. Uh, yeah, I feel like you got some super like definitely super violet too because you're very like. Oh, I'm I'm really no, good at going cold and just not giving also... a shit. Oh but yeah, yeah, I can I can be an emotional guy. But, like, I feel like you got, like, so, like, uh, oh, Divergent. Have y'all, y'all know that, but I haven't read the book, but the movie. Yeah, you know, yeah, I yeah. like blue. You remind me of how, like, uh, the, uh, the law people are or whatever. Mm. I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't read it. It's been a while since I've, yeah. 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 But, like, they're just, like, they're just, like, or not the law people, the, uh, the smart people. I, I forgot. But, like, they're just, like, very, like, um. I don't know. They removed the detached. Detached, yeah. I think I think superviolet through green would also make some sense for me. I get real angry sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to be that asshole that says, "Oh, I'd be a full spectrum polychrome." Yeah. But I think I think superviolet to green would make some sense. I got a little bit of an authority complex sometimes. I can see it. You just I don't know. You don't go into your red draft mode whenever you're talking about books, though. That's for sure. <laughs> I just don't. Understand. I don't know. I got pretty angry at a uh, at six of crows. At six of crows, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh man. Um, but uh, with that, if you guys have your own fantasy question, make sure to leave a comment down below or join the Discord and ask in there. Um, and answer it yourself. What do you think you guys would be? Um, but. With that out of the way, we're going to go ahead and jump into 
episode 24 of The Tome Travelers. And cut. <laughs> All right. So we hopped in at chapter 67. Um, where we came back into it, stuff was developing for Kip. Um, Iron Fist, uh, he, he told him about the dagger, the deck box, and the shimmer cloaks. Um, Iron Fist taught him a really important lesson about trusting people too much. Uh, but then doesn't betray him, which, which is good. I would have been so shocked. That would have been the twist yeah. to end all twists. Yeah. Um, Gavin gets back. He somehow he doesn't see the blinders knife, and um, that's the, one of the only things in this half that confused me is that like at no point was he aware of the the blinders knife. Um, we get a, a ton of development with Gavin and Karis. Really, fat. I mean, just boom, 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 mm -hmm. boom. Um, Gavin kills Anna um, accidentally, ish. <laughs> um, Gavin and Karis get married. Kip makes it into the Black Guard uh, narrowly, kind of on a technicality. Um, but we find out that Andros has like really, really been scheming to to keep Kip down, uh, and Kip has beaten him largely. Um, then we kind of fast forward into the war. Andros has taken some some more power away from Gavin. Um, Gavin finally killed his brother. Um, he was going to free him just to save the world and then he said some right. messed up stuff about Karis and Gavin was like nope blow Bop. your head off <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh which is probably for the best because he was a megalomaniac and insane um also I, I want to talk about later he he didn't lose his prison powers has not lost his prison powers and we found out that Andros did do something to make him the prison mm -hmm. uh, he's like an artificial prison somehow uh, then we go to war uh Gavin is using guerrilla tactics and just crazy drafting to take out like massive forces of people and the Cromeria is none the wiser. Um, so the Black Guards call him Promarcos as like a mark of respect. And finally we get to the battle with the White. Uh, Liv has made all her choices. She is committed to the bit. She helps the Green White um, get birthed faster uh, in an effort to kill Gavin and, and win the battle. And uh, we kind of get a development in the Color Prince's plans. We know that he wants to make the gods. He wants to make the Banes choose the people that are being turned into the gods. Uh, we know that Andros Guile wanted to be the Red God. Uh, but he gets stabbed with a blinder's knife. And he's no longer a red-white. Uh, Gavin lost all his colors. He is chained to an oar uh, on a pirate ship. And Kip is in a dinghy with Zyman, rowing yeah, to who knows where. And Zyman admits who he is. Yeah, yeah, which which, which we, we had predicted. Um, so I have a huge I problem. With, that. I, yeah, I have a huge <laughs> problem with how the knife hurts everyone except oh, it doesn't Andros hurt. Andros. Yeah. So. Yep. So the only other the only reason I could think of that being the case though is because Andros had broken his halo, and I don't think we've seen him. No, we've seen him stab him stab whites already. I don't know why Andros is the only one that, that didn't get drained. Like it just makes zero sense to me. Well, we don't know what we don't know about the whites though, 
is whether or not they lost their ability to draft or if they just weren't whites anymore. No, no, they did remember because uh, she tried to draft green. Yeah, the the green white that was going to kill him. He stabbed her in the ankle and she couldn't draft. Right. I don't know. Maybe it's a time thing because he just nicked Andrew Skiles like very briefly. I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah. He even said at the end of the book that he he was like, "Oh, that's not how that knife's supposed to work." So I'm th- I'm thinking maybe it's because it sucked up all of the colors from Gavin already. But that was after that was after he nicked. Oh, did Andros get? Yeah, yeah he Andros got, got first, hit I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I imagine that it's going to get clarified Andros, next book. Andros Andros wasn't a full spectrum polychrome before <clears throat> either, right? Well, he's not now. Yeah, he's... No, wasn't he just red? Yeah, he's he's red. No, he's red, um, orange, red, and sub red. I think so. But at the end or whatever, it's him talking and he's looking at his eyes and he's got all the colors or whatever. I don't think that was right. I think I think he had his three colors and they were balanced, and then his eyes are just blue, like all the guiles have oh, blue eyes. Maybe. I thought he said something. No, he just said uh, polychrome. He didn't say full spectrum. Yeah, he was just saying he was a powerful polychrome with 10 years left in his eyes. Still. My God, is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But we called, like, he was probably going to end up being, like, the big the bad. The big makes, bad. Yeah, yeah which yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I also called I him being a white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, we, we called that. Uh, I don't know. I think he's just, he's got so much power, but, like, I feel like people need to be able to see through him at some, at, like, at this point, like, shit's hit the fan, like, I feel like he should be, like, not being able to manipulate as easy as he All has right. been. Yeah, well, I don't know why Gavin hasn't just killed him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially after, after he had Karis beaten, you know, oh, I, right I, I saw Gavin going apeshit there. I thought he was just kind of fucking murder him. And yeah. he never even mentioned it. Like, never even mentioned it to him after that. No. Well, he is clearly, like, traumatized and afraid of him. Yeah. Right. And like, everybody I mean, that... is, which yeah. I get that. But, like. Yeah. Also, if you're the most powerful man alive, like, you can right. probably just kill him. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. How do you see, like, all of the, like, his loyalties, like, all the people who are loyal to Andros Kyle acting now that, like, it's known that he's a white. You think so, he's going to retain well, his power? Known. No. The well, I mean, it'll pro- Kip for sure. Yeah. So but now, and now I said the only one that saw for sure was Kip, but now he's not even a white. Yeah. 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 Kip, Kip was the only one who saw it. Maybe Gavin um, in the, in the fight, but and also, I don't feel like yeah. the people are loyal to him. I feel like he's just got so much over their heads that are promised yeah. him something. Or... Yeah. It's mostly blackmail, it seems like. I mean, he really just has dirt on everybody. Yeah. And uh, apparently just a, a metric shit ton of money. Like, infinite money. Yeah. yeah. It seems like. Because Gavin's... Though. Yeah. Gavin's giving away, like, tens of thousands of dinars to people without even a second thought. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, that could be his money just that he saved up from Prism stuff, too. But, like... Sure. Especially yeah. now that he's excommunicado or the renounced or whatever. But 
Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. Where do we want to jump in? Um, the piece of white Luxon. I guess that's the first big, yeah. um, like maybe red herring or like clue that we get in this half. Uh, Iron Fist tosses the piece of white Luxon to the white and says that Gavin accidentally drafted it at Garriston. Yeah, but did he see say he saw that? Because I think it was Kip. I think Kip's the one that did it. Yeah, but I'm kind of with you on that. Hell, how he uh, found it or whatever. I I vaguely remember something about it at the end of the first book. I want to say you're probably right that it was Kip, Uh, but he just assumes that it was Gavin. Yeah, but But is that is that like a piece of the Lightbringer prophecy? Do we think? Man, I, I don't know about be. this Lightbringer thing. Like, I, it's called the Lightbringer Saga. So, like, <clears throat> like yeah. unless that's just a giant red herring, obviously the Lightbringer is a real thing, and we're going to mm-hmm. see it, and it's probably Kip. Yeah. Do we think he's going to, like, reform the Chromaria and, like, fix a lot of these, like, glaring issues with social structure? Or, like, what? Is it is it magical? I don't know. I think shit's about to hit the fan and like everything's going to come undone. Yeah. And they're just going to have to restart from scratch. Like, yeah. because of what we've talked about, how like the Chromaria kind of does have like some weird pulls on strings on things as like a religion or whatever. And so I think everything about it is going to come like crashing down. It's going to be rebuilt. Well, you see how a lot of these people are extremely faithful. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, well, dude, I mean, we had the whole arc with Iron Fist being like, am I am I an atheist? And, like, he uses the term yeah. atheist as, like, a slur. And he's like, wait, why? I'm, wait, what? And, like, people are genuinely losing their faith, too. Well, I mean, you're they're literally watching pagan gods be born. Right. Right. I mean, it'd be kind of hard not to question your faith when you're watching pagan gods be born around you. Right. But then you're also seeing the effects. Your god kill them. Yeah. So, right. Like, yeah. Well, so the prism, if the prism is Orhalem's chosen, right, and their yeah. purpose is to suppress the old gods, then it, you know, it reinforces the faith. But it seems like they're so disconnected from like how their faith was originally formed um, yeah. that it's kind of hard for them to make that that connection. It's, it's evolved into like, and it's, like, it exists mostly to support the bureaucracy and the, the power of the Chromaria right. at this point. And, and I was gonna say like that's probably how it started to begin with. It's like they needed to like stop these old gods from doing their thing. So like this prism happened and then the people around him just kind of turned that into a way to gain power and control the masses. Right. Well, like the Roman empire and Jesus or some shit. Right. Right. Like also, have y'all seen the TikTok thing of where um, women are asking their boyfriends how often, how often do you think about the Roman, about empire? The Roman empire? Yeah. Dude. Yep. How often do you think about the Roman Empire, Dylan? Man, I used to like really be into like the Greek <laughs> Empire. I used to think about that a lot, but um... I thought about it a couple times when I was reading uh, Codex Alera. Well, oh, yeah, it's yeah, so heavily inspired by that. Yeah, yeah. I think about it a lot, honestly, which is kind of weird. <laughs> but it's like one of those things. It's like it's unspoken, so it's like I don't know. Everyone else is doing this, but I'm over here like. I like plan D and D campaigns, and I'm like, "Ooh, what if they look like the Roman soldier?" You know, makes some sense. Yeah, I think about more about Hannibal uh, beating them with elephants, but it's just me. 
I'm okay, so after the, the yeah. after the white piece of Luxon, I'm trying to think of the next big clue that we get. Oh, um, uh, Marissa has some kind of relationship with the white that don't we don't think, really know. About. I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't think she's distrustful to Gavin though. I don't or, think so. Either. Yeah, I think she's loyal. I think she's loyal P. to Gavin. Like she's genuinely like her now because he's he's switching back. <laughs> yeah, he's finally taking his name back. I, I also Fuck like how like even like uh, the narrator is like I'm confused at this point. <laughs> he, says, <laughs> he says that line in the book. Um, no, I don't think I don't think she's distrustful. Like I think she's in love with him. Yeah, um, and she's genuinely I, hurt by Karis and Gavin's like engagement right. and wedding. But I don't know what that was about. So the only thing that popped in my head was maybe she's pregnant. Oh. But I don't know. And that's, that's why she's crying I, to the... That's the only thing I could think of. Either that or like... She, well, no. Because she wouldn't have wanted the white to know about that. About how she well, messed up. Here's my thing. I think the white is way more on on Gavin's team than Gavin thinks she is. I agree. Yeah, I think she well, said she, she bet it all on Gavin. Yeah. She's say, always she, supporting him. Hard. Yeah, yeah. I think she just plays it up to Gavin that she's like political opposition to him because she wants to keep him in check. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like keep him from going crazy with the power. But, but I think she wow. has a lot of faith in him. I also think that she knew that he was Dazen and not Gavin. That's my my theory. My crackpot theory. She's... Yeah, I think she's too smart not to have. Yeah. I mean, I feel like she's got way too many hands in the cookie jars. Like, And she's so good at reading people, yeah, right? She, she would have known that she, Gavin was a megalomaniac. You know, Apple yeah. didn't fall far from the tree from Andrew Skyle. Right. So then to have someone who's so altruistic and, like, invested in the well-being of other people come back from the war, I feel like she had to have known. Yeah. yeah I agree with that 100%. Do we yeah. think that... Uh, Andros knows. If no. he does know, he doesn't care. He right? doesn't. Like he just he just thinks his sons are tools in his political right. like I'm, well, utility we, belt. I'm like saying hard pressed. He's. He... I'm saying hard pressed. He doesn't know because of the amount of like conversations that Gavin goes in to have with Andros, and Andros is like talking <laughs> about stuff that only Gavin would have known, like stuff like about the knife and about other stuff. And Gavin's right. like treading dangerous territory about like trying to poke information about it, but without like actively saying it. Yeah. But we know we we know how Andros is. We know how smart he is. Yeah, we I think he's just fucking it, with him when he says that right. stuff. We know yeah. how good he is at reading people too. Like he's the only one that can really match up with the white. Right. And... He hasn't been able to use his eyes for the last sixteen years though. Right, yeah. like he hasn't been able to right. visibly see Gavin to to read him. Right, but like he spent more time with the real Gavin. Um, he knew his personality, like he knew all this stuff about him, and it's just like it's hard for me to believe that he, someone who's so good at reading people, um, and bases most of his interactions on reading people, wouldn't be able to tell that the difference between their personalities. Yeah. Yeah. Especially it's definitely been on my that, radar. I'm not yeah. like certain that he knows, but I think it's definitely possible. I, I feel like it's it's a pretty yeah. I, feel I think like, it's possible, I feel like but it, I don't think it's likely. The, I feel like he's just been holding the information until it's going to help him either get rid of him 
or which we see him about to start doing, or is going to help him in some way. Like, mm-hmm. up to this point, like, him being Gavin and being the Prism has been something good for him. Well, now that we see that he's finally, like, they're sp- basically splitting ways and he's, like, disowning him, it, it's going to be a lot. It's information he can use to play his hand and be like, hey, he's been dazing the whole time or blah, blah, blah. I think he knows, though. Yeah. What it, So... Where do we go from there? Yeah. Was the Blue Bane in the last half? I think the Blue Bane was in the last half. Yeah, Blue Bane yes. was in the last half. Yeah. So, this stuff. Was. I feel like we should. I feel like a big thing that, um, our big part of this is the seer, and yeah. like, yeah, I feel like this kind of goes to Gavin or we're, we're gonna start calling by the real names. Dazen's is gonna go to <laughs> Dazen's uh, narcissism because like, if somebody knows the future and they're telling you certain things it's like maybe you should listen to him and instead he's like no i'm gonna do what i want well i think it's a selflessness thing right because she tells him the consequences that he's gonna die and he's like well as long as i can kill the bane like that's okay yeah i feel like that's really short-sighted though like well but i just don't know enough about yeah i don't know enough about the mechanics of how the next prism is born or chosen um because maybe in their faith, you know, when he dies, the next prism will be brought forward. So maybe he's like, well, that's probably just best for all parties. Right. You know? I feel like he was almost really betting on Kip for a little bit. I think I think he is. I think he thinks it's possible that Kip could be the next prism. Right? He's powerful, full-spectrum polychrome. I, I There was one moment. There's a, a moment... Um, I think the first time that Gavin sees Kip when they're actually out on the ships, like going to war. Yeah. Um, and he says, you know, he saw a Kip that could be, and he really liked that Kip and he liked the possibility yeah. that he saw there. That, that was a really sweet moment. Um, I think, I think Kip's development's been really good. How, how do y'all feel about it? We complained oh, about yeah. that a little bit in, first, well, in the first book. It's, it's not, I don't know. I'm not really trying to complain about it because I feel like, his development is really good. I do feel like he's growing and they're showing that growth. And I think one of my favorite parts in this section, as far as he's concerned, is when he drafts Super Violet for the first time and gets that confidence. Mm-hmm. I want to see that in him like all the time because like, yeah. I feel like he's not overconfident. Like I don't want him to be overconfident and, but like he is proven himself time and time again, that he has ability and like, he keeps calling himself almost, 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 but like, Man, he's had everything against. Like he's had one of the most powerful men in the world against him, and he's still like outdoing him. Like yeah. I guarantee, there's not very many people that can beat Andrew Skyle at nine teams. Yeah. <laughs> like right, yeah, or, or make their way through that whole situation with the Black Guard, right? Right. Because that was two things. That was one Kip being skilled. Two, well, a couple things. One Kip being skilled as a drafter, right. Two, Kip being smart enough to take the advantages that he could find, whether they were, like, quote-unquote fair or not. Yeah. Um, and then three, he's compassionate and empathetic enough that he made friends who care yeah, about yeah. him and respect him. Yeah. Uh, so I th- I've, I've loved his development in this book. I think he's he's still childish a lot of the time, but he's growing yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. I And another thing I really liked was when he, he's talking about his... Um... The difference between uh, Liv and uh, oh, what's her name? Tia. 
Tia. When he's talking about the difference between them, and he's like, you know, he's talking about how he was so attracted to Liv, but now that he looks at it, it's like basically she's a spoiled brat, mm-hmm. and he recognizes the difference between those two. I think that's like a really big growth development right there too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was a pretty big moment for him. Um, yeah. I, but you know, that did irk me a little bit because I feel like the son of a single mother who's a haze addict who abused the shit out of him feel like he shouldn't be lacking for perspective you know what i mean yeah i guess that's... he's also lived in a he's also lived in a box his whole life that's true it's true very and he, was, he was kind of also raised by corvin danibus yeah um and so it's like 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 yeah you, but like he's lived in a very small town with like people that old that knew about that and like treated him accordingly and so it's like I don't know. I think he just finally sees like, hey, you know, like the world's not that small. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. But and speaking of live, man, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm growing more like hating her more. Her She's drinking more. the Kool Aid, man. She's chugging yeah. the Kool Aid. She's mixing man, the Kool Aid for him. Yeah. And I just feel and... like, especially after her dad's lit, like. Knowing her character, like, how her character was portrayed, like, in the beginning, it's like, no, like, her dad sends her that letter, like, to me, like, she's like, maybe, you know, maybe this isn't the best thing. Maybe I should. Well, that's where she made her choice, right? Yeah. That that was where she gave up on her The symbolic of, like, her crumbling up the letter or whatever and throwing it, that was, like, the symbolic of, yeah. 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 Also, can we talk about how, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, she dra- at that point, she drafts the Super Violet. She starts drafting Super Violet more and more to be logical and think that way. But, like, to me, like, the when you're drafting that and you're feeling that way, like, I don't feel like the chaos that – I don't feel like you would lean towards that chaos that you know mm-hmm. that the, the Color Prince is going to bring. You know what I mean? Well, because it's like, like – Well, I get, logic like, is, of- is largely, for humans, a frame of, of like – there's bias, like right? Like humans are are not capable of being totally, coldly, logical. completely yeah. rational. Mm-hmm. Um, and her bias is hatred towards the Chromaria, uh, first and foremost. Like this feeling of betrayal. Gavin is their figurehead, and she thinks that her father is his prisoner, and she was his hostage. So yeah. yeah. Well, I just mean like as far as like. So I feel like thinking in a super violent sort of way you would weigh what you gain from each situation but i feel like she's leaning almost more towards passion as far as like they did me bad i don't want i don't, I don't well want she's a yellow level. too yeah you know yeah that's um, true smack dab in the middle of the spectrum close to orange um she's got some emotional stuff going on yeah i but. yeah i don't know she's a little i i thought the zyman thing would scare her straight kind of Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is this is what a system where power is the only thing that's rewarded looks like. You get a yeah. megalomaniac with a lot of power like Simon who's just going to take whatever he wants and abuse the system, kill people, you know, it, he, he's it's going to be bad. If the yeah. most powerful people are the people who are rewarded most often, well, you're going to have a bad like, time. It's it's like so the Color Prince and Zyman have been like two of the like like they're like really hardcore like uh, allies, and you see them conspiring against each other, and it's just like 
Yeah. You know, if I'm in a if I'm if I'm in a three person group and the other two people are supposed to be like really good friends, and then like when the other one walks away, the this one talks shit about that one. When that one's there, this one talks. Shit, I'm just like, maybe this isn't the best group to be in. You right. Know what I mean? yeah. Well, I mean, it was even that way in the first book with the oh gosh, what was the king's name? King Gardul. Like yeah. At the end, he was like, right? Hey, they're all you know, stabbing each other in the back. Yeah, they're all just backstabbing Which, each other. Don't get me wrong, like. I, there's definitely some of that going on in the Chrome area, but like not with like I don't know Gavin and uh, his friends and stuff. I mean, well, Gavin Andros Andros would have fit in with Dude. the color prince, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I think he's probably the only one. Well, uh, but I don't feel like I don't feel like he I don't feel, I feel like he couldn't give up enough power to be with the color prince. Like I feel like he just knows yeah, no, how this thing's gonna so, go, yeah. and so he's gonna like be there and take. Like I feel like there's almost three factions now with Andros. Well, I feel like Andros would probably be with the Cromeria. I feel like he's going to be running it at this point. He's pushing the white out. He's pushing Gavin out. He controls everyone else. Yeah, he wants to be he, the Promarcos for sure. Right. He basically controls the Cromeria. So I feel like the third faction is going to be like uh, Gavin and Kip and Karis and yeah, all that. Yeah. Whenever they get Gavin back. If yeah. they get Gavin back. And, and Kip. Like. Also, I get that ships, like, don't turn around that easy, but, like, wouldn't they have, like, seen each other? Like, seen the other ship? Like... Maybe? I mean, it said he was afloat for a good little while there. Right, like, 30 minutes or something like that? Yeah. Just getting pushed along by the waves. And nobody saw Gavin go overboard, except Andros and Grinwoody. And Gren Woody was pointing in the opposite direction, trying to send the black guards the wrong way. Like yeah, they, right. they tried to confiscate or obfuscate it as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was Andros's ship. Like it, it wasn't like one of the ships from the fleet or you know, a random ship. It was Andros's ship. Right. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, he can control it. But Karis is on there, you know she's gonna try to and well, she was below uh, deck and didn't see any of it. Right. Well, I just mean, like, you know, they're going to try to go find them. Yeah. Her and uh, Iron Fist. Well, didn't Karis also learn how Gavin was going to die? Yeah. So She learned when. Oh, when, yeah. Yeah, the Seer probably didn't tell her exactly how, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. Because it would change things. Yeah, but again, like... Didn't she? Didn't he say, or she say that uh, there's only one in a thousand chance, like she can be wrong too, like yeah. a yeah. green white was gonna kill him or a, a musket. So obviously we see that the musket was from Karis when she's getting controlled, and then the other one's the green white, obviously. Mm -hmm. But um, none of that came to pass. Then he, uh, so like she can be wrong. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that she's steering the ship. Right, I think she's planting little seeds to make sure that things go the way she wants them to. Yeah. Um, or like best possible outcome. She's just, that, that's why she will say you know a little bit just to inform someone to the extent that it is safe for her to inform them, and then yeah, no like, more. Hey, hey, this is going on. Like, yeah. Have them put it in their mind, almost like a subconscious thing, so you're thinking about it while you're making decisions. Yeah. But I want to know, like, because I don't think, uh, I really don't think Andros is sending all the assassins. I think he's in charge of some of them. Yeah, no, I had I had a couple notes about that. Um, 
first of all, the guy that killed the green seat, Tyria's um, satrap, mm-hmm. yeah, before in the in the first half with the peril with the peril needle. Do we think they're from the broken eye, the the order of the broken eye? I think it makes sense. I think, yeah. especially after seeing the one that went after the white, like we know the broken eye is a real thing now. Yeah, but like, who are they? Who are they working for? Like, I don't know. The title of the next book is "The Broken Eye," so I think I my my theory yeah. is that Kip Kip and Zyman are gonna become involved somehow with the Broken Eye. That would just make sense to me. I mean, they're two powerful full spectrum polychromes. They're floating through the ocean. We have no idea where they're gonna end up, and yeah. the book is titled don't "The know Broken Eye." Yeah. yeah. Yeah, their rowboat is a rowboat too. Like they don't—I don't think it has a sail or anything. Like well, they... okay, you know what I'm thinking. Um, Kvoth and the Ademre is what I'm thinking, right? Like training arc. Yeah, that would be really good too, because I feel like Kip does need a training arc. Like we got—we we got a little bit of one um, here with the with the Black Guard and stuff. But like I feel like, uh, especially with like his uh, his drafting, yeah. Well, okay, so I wanted to talk about chapter 100 because I thought yeah. that was sick. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever read combat as good as Brent Weeks. Brent Weeks writes it. Yeah, like on on a large scale, like one to one combat. I think Joe Abercrombie is fan fucking tastic, but on like this massive epic scale, yeah, I've I've this, never read combat is, like this. Yeah, this was up there for me with like the Words of Radiance and the Oathbringer anime battle scenes. Like this was up there. Yeah. Yeah, and I so I think he split light in that battle. I think he split light in the Blackguard thing too. Um, he drew in Super Violet just on a whim, like just sucked it up and then used it in that fight. The one that he lost, the fight that he yeah. lost, and cracked uh, the green. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was a little bit less obvious that he was life splitting in the black guard thing he could have just found a super violet source somewhere but in the 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 ship battle he split light he was wearing his infra his subred uh spectacles and he used super violet and red and made Mm -hmm. fire crystals uh and blew up damn near the whole ship Yeah. yeah i think we're gonna see him do the um uh like overcoming another drafter's wheel thing a lot too, especially I think I think that's what's going to come down between him and uh, him and Zyman, like he does with the where he he makes like breaks apart their their drafting, makes their Luxon his Luxon. Yeah, I think that's going to be like a big thing between him and um, Zyman, almost like a battle of wills. Yeah, I think Kip is definitely more willful than Zyman. Zyman's kind mm. of a little bitch. Honestly. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Zyman's is more. Um, uh, uh, what's he's this? like spite and hatred and well, I feel like it's um like surface level will, mm-hmm. yeah, like, yeah, and 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 Kips is is a lot deeper. Like I feel like he's got more strength to pull. Like like on on the surface, like Zyman's got a lot, but like mm-hmm. it's not deep. It's just you know arrogance and right. Uh, nar- narcissists are always like quote unquote willful. But they don't have deeper motivations. It's just their self-interest. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Kip has all this, this, uh, these building blocks of his character. Yeah, he's he's well-founded. I think. Yeah. 
Uh, um, what else? We talk about how the the knife works. Yeah, it's. I think we're all a little bit confused about the knife, right? Yeah, I'm. The I there's yeah. Obviously, the more it draws in, the bigger it grows. Right. Right. Did not expect to see a sword or a gun on it. A gun lance. Yeah. Did not expect that. I think the gun lance is kind of cool. I'm down with the gun lance. Yeah. I just imagine squalls. Do you think it's going to shoot Luxon instead of musket balls? Makes sense. I think it's going to shoot Luxon. I mean, obviously, it's not going to shoot musket balls, I don't think. (laughs) It's just a paintball gun. (laughs) Yeah. I can't imagine them, like, loading them up. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that would seem kind of ridiculous, right? Does it come with a matching white Luxon, like, tamper thing to, <laughs> to pack in the powder? or? Yeah. I I don't know. It's absorbed all of Gavin's power at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Gavin's literally a- in Adia, right now. The Green God, he, he absorbed the Green God with it, too. Right. Yeah. And uh, also Chandros, right? Yeah, yeah Andros is red. I yeah, I have no idea about the knife. I, I do want to say that mirror, I think that mirror is going to be really important later. Uh, because it hit Gavin when it was turned to green, and Gavin felt it. Yeah. Uh, the, the mirror wanted to focus on Gavin, and then she tugged it away and focused it on Adiat. I think that if Gavin ever gets his powers back, it'll be because of that mirror. Right. Well, I mean, book... So book three is called the broken eye, which is probably the assassinations. Book four is called uh, the Bro- the blood mirror. So I don't and remember then, if they called it anything like that. I don't know if it has a name yet, but uh, it might have something like that. But then book five is called the burning white, W H I T E, not I G H T. So our favorite old lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd be kind of, it honestly kind of surprised me if she lasts that long, though. Yeah. I don't know, though. Like, the pacing of this book, like, yeah, it's thick, but the amount of time that passed through here. Six I months. mean, like, yeah, six there's months. Not, there's not really any filler episodes. There's not. No, there's not. I love the pacing of these books. It's so good. Like, so I'll be honest. So, I'm reading Mistborn at the same time that I'm reading this, and I love Sanderson. But the pacing compared yeah. to that night and day that's always that's always kind of been one of like my things with sanderson don't mean you know, i love sanderson's books but like lots his pacing is lots yeah, of his pacing's not the best <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's probably the thing i've been the most impressed with uh with this book is that he keeps the pace up and it's just boom 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 yeah. and none of it really feels like contrived or corny right to me you know, it's not just like, oh, I'm doing this so something is happening. It's right. like, no, this is a development. Like, this is not just random shit to just keep the action high. This is a development yeah. of the plot or yeah. or a development of a character or whatever. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, the only thing I could really see as being considered maybe filler was some of, like, the Blackguard training stuff. But then you're, like, you're seeing but you see Kip Kip develop grow. these relationships yeah. and also uh, grow. Yeah. And you see so, Andros conspiring against him and the development there. Yeah. Um, and the way Andros is treating Kip is like largely a refre- reflection of how Andros feels about Gavin. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. Like he's almost punishing Kip to punish Gavin. Yeah. In a way. Well, he does. I mean, 
that's yeah. basically what he tells Gavin. Like, hey, I'm punishing Kip because you won't do what I say. But yeah. what do we what do we think what was up with his apology to Kip? Do we think that was heartfelt, or do we think there was ulterior motives, or like he didn't really have a reason for an ulterior motive? I think it might have been real. Um, yeah, I feel like he he definitely like Kip gained some respect uh, as far as like the fact that he keeps like like Andrew said like he keeps winning. Yeah, I think he respects that above all else, right? Like the drive to win. Because um, that's what he liked about his first son, even though his first son was a narcissistic megalomaniac who was violent and like just a vile human being. Also, he was like, "Well, also, you win. I don't care." Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I was gonna say too. Like, I saw a lot of the twists coming. We called the we called the white thing. We called the Zyman being uh, Karis's son. Um, right. But which even, was he, he admits right there. They, oh, I didn't. Even, I didn't see the. Uh, I didn't see um, Dazen murdering Gavin. Oh, yeah, I did not see that at all. Oh, as soon as he said some fucked up shit about Karis, I knew he was dead. Like, when Gavin was, like, playing, like, you know, he had his tail between his legs, I was like, no, he's baiting him. Like, after he said that shit about Karis, he is dead. Right, but I I didn't see, like, like, I didn't think that was going to be a part. Like, I didn't see that coming to, for, like, terms. Mm Mm-hmm. If that makes because like I felt like he was gonna be needed later in the story. Yeah, that's what I I felt like too. But now like I realized that like we really see who Gavin is, the real Dazen is, um, based on like his internal dialogue that he has about the prisoner, you know. And so like killing that, I don't know. It, it's I think it's also a, a symbolic character choice well that's something else i think that brent weeks does good is like the internal monologues that dazen is having when he's making like morally hard choices yeah like like when we one of my favorites was when he was uh like struggling with his own religion and basically like being like i don't believe any of this but like i'm freeing these people for them and like like that whole conversation he had at the freeing in his head i thought that was really good um yeah, he's decisive, right? Like, even... Yeah. It, he's struggling with, like, the morality or the ethics of a situation. He He's able to say, well, this is what needs to happen regardless of how I feel about it. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why so many people have so much respect for him. Or right. a big part of let's why. Even like, let's even, like, when he thinks Karis knows, he's like, I might have to kill her, even though, like, we know that's not what he wants to do. Like, it still is in his head, like... This is something I might have to do. Well, I think that's when he set the the limit in his head, right? Of like, I will do anything and everything before I reach this point to, you know, accomplish my goals, to save the Chromaria, to save as many lives as possible. But that decision was him saying, Karis is more important to me than any of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? When he chose not to kill her, despite the fact that she could bring it all tumbling down. That was him saying, I don't fucking care. Like, Karis is more important yeah. than any of that to me. Which is why I knew as soon as Gavin told him that story about Karis that he was dead. Yeah. I was like, Gavin would rather watch the world burn than let anything happen to Karis. So, do you think somebody sent Anna? Anna? I think so. Anna, Anna? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think it's whoever sent the assassin to kill Kip in the alley. 
uh, and say, whoever sent like the Peril Assassin. And yeah, the I don't think it's Andros and the Shimmer Cloaks. I think, yeah, so I think they're all a part of the... I definitely think the Shimmer Cloaks um, and the Assassins, like, they're all kind of, like... Connected somehow connected that we're not somehow. aware of. Yeah, I think and there's I another like with, big player that we haven't met yet. Right, and so I feel like the thing with Anna too, I like, I, I feel like she definitely... I don't feel like she was sent. I feel like somebody manipulated put it, planted in her head, like, hey, there's new guards, because we also saw, like... When that happened, there were two new guards, and that's never supposed to happen. They, it's always supposed to be a, a new one with a uh, 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 an older one, a more experienced guard. So that had to happen. And then also, Mauricia wasn't there. Mm-hmm. What held Mauricia up? You yeah. know what I mean? Um, well, I was going to say... So, like, it was perfectly aligned. I feel like so. Like somebody manipulative probably was like, hey... There's a chance that the the prism might want to hang out, you know, whatever. Um, well, also the two brothers, they like quote unquote lied for Gavin, but they seem genuinely to believe that Anna jumped. Believe, yeah, yeah. Um, and, unless they're, they're just very, really good liars, but they're right. they're well, children. They're like teenagers. They're also very reverent towards him. It seemed like sure. Yeah. yeah, I just don't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they blamed themselves for the whole situation, so they lied to cover for Gavin because they thought they were, you know, responsible for it. But I don't know. I think maybe they're telling the truth, and Anna did jump, and she was sent as some kind of political weapon, right? Some kind of like uh, dirt on Gavin. I don't feel like I don't feel like she would have jumped though. Like I don't, I don't feel know. Like that yeah, it just feels weird to me. It just felt weird to me that they lied for him, but that they seemed to, like, genuinely believe it. Yeah. Because, like, the kid acts confused when Gavin says, I'll try to be worthy of it. The kid's like, what are you talking about, basically? So, I mean, I don't know, this could be reaching, but, like, Gavin wasn't, like, looking sub-red at that point. There could have been somebody in a shimmer cloak throw her off. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah, one of the other Shimmer Cloaks could have been there. Yeah, I think we're still kind of in the dark about um, the Broken Eye, obviously, and then the Blinding Knife. I think we still need... We just gotta keep reading for those. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any big story beats that we miss. I mean... There's the battle, right? Um, yeah. The Hexes. The orange hexes. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I saw a new way to use way, orange. Yeah, they, yeah, they can do a use a motion. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what's his name? Just gets absolutely like, crippled. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like we're uh, at this point, we're kind of all over the place as far as our characters are. Like, we've got characters together that we probably didn't expect having to work together, like Zyman and uh, Kip. Mm-hmm. We've got this gunner guy that it, he had a couple chapters throughout the book, and I always I, I always think it's weird when like uh, we have this random character thrown in, and then uh, like we don't really know what's going on, and that's like, but then like he shows up at the end, and it's like, what parts he gonna play? He seems almost a little crazy to me. Yeah, <laughs> just a tad. Yeah, he, seems a little crazy. <laughs> he he just talks to the ocean. Ceres, yeah. he just talks to the ocean. Yeah, constantly too. Like mm-hmm. it's not like yeah. Reminds me of how um, 
the prisoner was talking to the the guy the wall yeah, yeah. the dead man mm-hmm. oh i thought that segment dude the, my favorite segment in the first book is when um gavin the, the prisoner is escapes the cell and falls into the green cell it's one yeah. of my favorite moments and then we had it again in this book except gavin left him a giant middle finger on the wall that just said fuck you basically it was like almost yeah. <laughs> and he just drops through the floor <laughs> oh the psychological torture that that man has gone through i'm like oh he deserved every bit of it and now he's dead thank god yeah yeah um but yeah, everybody's kind of spread out across the world at this point now, and we don't know where they're going to go. I think we're about to see a lot more of the world. Mm. Um, I thought the scenery with uh, Atash and Rue uh, was pretty good. At least the cities. Like, the descriptions of the cities were really cool. Also, we, we haven't talked about the color prints too much and what's going on with his army. I mean, he, he really didn't. I mean, he did stuff. And, like, he's yeah. very he's very intelligent as far as getting right. people to... Um, He's very charismatic as far as getting people to follow him. Um, well, he's making the right political plays too, yeah, right? right? Well, like this right. this entire book, he was kind of just like just sitting on his throne and just being like, "Do this, do this, do that." Not really. Yeah, a I was lot gonna say like... I don't. I don't feel like he did much as, except for like do his like power play stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Well, we know that he's going to be choosing the gods, right? Attempt to. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to do being a, he's going to attempt to and but, um, live. It's going to be the super violet god in theory. Yeah, I wonder what this item is that he gave her the super violet crystal or whatever. Um, I think it was like, was it a necklace or like a headband or something? I don't know. But she says it's like pulsing with super violet. Could it be and... one of the um, the things that's on the dagger? Oh, yeah, the same kind of stone. Like, the, yeah, that same stone. Maybe. It's like a hmm. reserve of its power or something. I don't know. My biggest Maybe it's White Luxon. Maybe it's also. White Luxon and it acts like a battery or, or yeah. like a generator. My biggest question with the Color Prince is, like, who set him on this path? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like he yeah. just woke up. I don't feel like he just woke up, like, after having that wall fall on him and was like, I'm going to do this. I feel like. And it did. It, I know it said something about how him and Andros have been in contact, but I don't know if Andros is the one that started him down that path either. Yeah, I, don't I could see Andros manufacturing an opposition to give himself more power. You know what I mean? Well, he yeah. that that's how that's what the the real Gavin explained to Dazen that they did in the first place and the that like they made this war happen with Dazen so that they would get Primarchus status. Yeah. That's the whole reason it happened on his side. Dazen was uh, trying to quit. Trying to surrender the entire time. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Also, we got so much... I mean, not that we didn't like Dazen before, right? I think we all liked Dazen before. But he got redeemed even further in this book with all the explanations of the past and what happened, why they went to war, how it all unfolded. Dazen was completely fucking innocent of yeah. any wrongdoing. <laughs> and Gavin and Andros just tried to destroy him, and Dazen was just better than both of them. Yeah. I love that. He's like a Gojo Sotaro character. You know what I mean? Like, you just have to simp over him. 
Just yeah. like, oh, he's the superhero. Yeah. Uh, trying to think of what else we haven't hit. I mean, we got the we got Kip, we got Gavin, we got, we got Liv and the color prints. Yeah. I think that's about it. Do you guys you have get any theories? Rating? Well, let, let's. Do you have any theories for like future books other than like what's this mirror, the broken eye, anything we haven't we haven't talked about? Hmm. Um, I was gonna say, do we think that Zyman is actually Karis's kid? But like, I feel like he almost has to be just because. Didn't like, he say how he was? Else would he know about that? Right, he he did say that, but I mean, he could have yeah. just been told that by the color. Like, yeah, how does he know that he's Karis's kid? Unless like, I think it makes. She sense. did give him. She did give him to family members, right? Yeah, she mm -hmm. gave him to family so, members. Cousins, well, I guess they could have told her. Yeah, yeah. they could have told him. I'm I'm wondering. So like any the drafters can draft any color. They can mm -hmm. just only make a stable version of the colors that are like their colors. Mm -hmm. But they they can technically draft any of them. Koyos I don't think was a full spectrum polychrome before he he got smashed by the burning wall. Mm -hmm. Right. So do we think that there's a way for people to like obtain new colors, especially once they break the halo? Well, I mean in theory that's what and just did to Gavin, anyways. Yeah, yeah. He well, somehow they use the blinding. The blinding knife has to be involved somehow, mm -hmm. right? Because Gavin had it, and then Kip's mother got it from Gavin. Andros had it, and he mentions it repeatedly when he's talking about "I made you, I made you." Yeah. Which, the fact that it's on board. The ship with Gunner and um, Gavin makes me think that somehow Gavin's going to get his powers back on the pirate ship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that the blinding well, knife's going to have something saw... to do with it. Yeah, I was going to say, Gavin saw the knife and he seemed to kind of recognize it, but not as far as like knowing how to use it, but just knowing that like, Andros has mentioned it to him before. He's talked to Gavin about it. Like, I think he realized what it was, especially yeah. after Andros like basically was like, Felt, he almost like exclaimed like he had won at that point when he mm -hmm. saw the knife. Like he's like, now I've got the knife, I win. So yeah. yeah, it seems like some some way somehow that thing can make prisms. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking maybe if you if you take the colors from enough people, like if you get all seven colors, then then you can make a prism, make a light splitter. Yeah. But like, I'm, my thing is, what are the odds that Gavin, who's not even a super chromat, would be the prism, right? Yeah. Like well, you would think like, super chromacy would be, like, default valued for yeah. the prism. Necessary, almost. I would think. Yeah. Like well, and so like also we never actually saw, uh, the prisoner split light. So maybe it doesn't even give you... Oh, lights? You can't even split light. I didn't think about that. We never actually saw him do it. Mm-hmm. And he's not a super chromat. Yeah, so maybe he's just a seven... Well, no, he had to have had the uh, prismatic eyes. Right. right. For him to be named right. Prism, he would have had to have the prismatic eyes. Mm-hmm. Right, but I mean... In theory, like if you just sit there and draft of every color, 
wouldn't you get prismatic eyes at some point? No, I think you just have rings. I think you just have seven rings in your iris. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't think Gavin can split light in that he can, like, take blue light and turn it into orange. Yeah. Well, I I wasn't saying that... Right, I wasn't saying the prisoner didn't do it. I'm just saying, like, he never had the opportunity. We never saw him do it, so we don't know if he can. Like, it never said... Well, clearly he was a worse drafter than Dazen, because Dazen beat him one-on-one... Uh, pr- pretty handedly, handedly enough that he was able to just put on his clothes and walk out of there. I mean, it said he was definitely fucked up, but mm-hmm. oh yeah, but yeah, I mean, he could still walk and he could still, you know, he wasn't yeah. down for the count. Yeah. Also, it's hard to believe that anybody could be as. I mean, I hope Kip gets to that point, but it's hard to believe that anybody could draft like like Days and drafts. Where yeah. like the hole breaker scene where it took him all of like four seconds to Im- improve the design by like a hundred fold was really yeah. cool to me. Uh, as far as theories go, I don't have anything too crazy. I think there's yeah. going to be a training arc with the broken eye. I, mm-hmm. I think the broken eye are going to be like moral gray area, kind of like the faceless in uh, Game of Thrones or like the Ademre in uh, Name of the Wind. I don't think of anything else. I think Kip is the chosen one, right? Oh, He's yeah. going to be the next Prism, the yeah. Lightbringer, all that. So you don't think the Broken Eyes political? You think they're like some Dark Brotherhood type? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They pull yeah, the that's, strings that's of the politics right by choosing who lives and who dies. I'm curious if they had anything to do with Lucidonius and like maybe their... Um, like a failsafe measure, mm-hmm. right? Like if the cro- the chrome area gets too corrupt, like slide in, uh, you know. Okay. So like it's almost like a secret, like like Templars, kind of. Yeah, it's supposed to keep the peace. Yeah, at all costs. In that case, though, don't you think they'd go after Andros? <laughs> and, unless unless Andros is. Maybe they think that they're they just need to blow it up and get new blood in there. Right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's just the vibe I get right now from them. Is there. My only uh... deal is like, it, it seems like they are. Well, no, because they killed the, the card lady. So I was going to say, it seems like they're almost like helping Andros. They killed the green, which was one of Gavin's supporters. They went after the white, which we all know that uh, Andros wants her power. Um,. Tried to kill Kip, which we know that. Well, he didn't want him there, dead there at the end, but he, he had did at the time, dead, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, I feel like a lot of the stuff they've done so far has been helping Andros. Yeah, like, that's true. The only one that doesn't really fall out is the card keeper, but like, if she's teaching Kip and like showing well, him that Andros is a white through the card, then yeah, Andros it, wanted his card really bad. He yeah. said that she had made a card of him and he, like, desperately wanted it. Mm-hmm. Because he was afraid of, you know, what it yeah. would reveal about him. Right. What about you, MD? You got any harebrained theories about where we're going? No, I, like, I know Simon and Kip right now are together. I think, I don't know, I low-key feel like Kip and Simon might have, like, this feud for, like, 
Gavin's approval or something. Like if if Simon somehow like I don't know turns in a way, then there's like this weird approval where like because now Karis and Gavin or Dazen I guess are married and Kip's technically not either of theirs. It's like there's this weird bloodline thing going on. I feel like that is just going to be an interesting plot point coming up soon. Well, well and Andros then, was going to adopt him. Yeah, Andros that's what I was going to bring up. So we know that Andros is which makes sense that Andros has known about him this whole time because he's got some like he would know that Karis was pregnant and went to like he would have kept yeah. up with her. Um so it's like we really don't know everything that Andros knows and mm -hmm. all his cards yeah. he's got to play. Which makes his like him being the villain like even more scary because it's like we don't know like we don't know if he's got the third broken eye working for him. We don't know if he's the one playing the strings with the pillar prince. Like he could be behind literally everything that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I think manufactured opposition is I mean, we know it's in his playbook because he did it to his own fucking son. Yeah. Um so I think that's definitely possible. I just don't know what his end goal would be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Well, that's what I was going to say too. I don't know I don't know what his his purpose is. The white thinks he's just doing it for the lust of power, but I feel like it's got to be deeper than that. I don't think Especially it was though cuz he said he lost himself to the red there towards the end. You right. know, he said he had well, to lean into his discipline to not lose himself to the red and there at the end he was pretty sure right. he was losing. The only thing I will say is like we do see that he he did love his wife. Like that yeah. might be the only person that he actually like wasn't and i'm yeah. sure he still used her as a tool but like felt um uh felt genuine. something for genuine yeah. affection yeah. for um because he was like actually like really hurt by her death said it was like a betrayal because like he lived for her and then she couldn't yeah yeah but um yeah i don't know i, I feel like i feel like he's got i don't know so much shit going on that yeah. I'm telling. Yeah. Well, let's jump into our ratings. Uh, uh, Captain. Um, I can take it first. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You take plot. For plot, um, I'm giving this... God, I don't want to give anything a 10 out of 10, <laughs> necessarily. I'm going to say 9 out of 10. Uh, the yeah. pacing was amazing. There were a couple... There were a couple small conveniences, and the fact that there are so many red herrings... Mm -hmm. uh, or not even necessarily red herrings, just yeah. clues um, that I have to go on to the next book to find out about. Uh, I I don't know. It's It was perfect. 10 out of 10. I don't care. It yeah. It was fun the whole way through. Crazy pacing. Loved it. Yeah, I'm also... I'll probably also give the plot... I don't know if I'll give it a 10 out of 10. I'll give it like a 9.5 out of 10. It was really <laughs> good. I love the twists and stuff. They were predictable, but not in the sense of it's like, oh, Contrived. this isn't this isn't a good read yeah. because it's so predictable. They were predictable in the sense of it's like, oh, I'm having fun theorizing. What if this is the case? And then it's like, boom, it happens. It's like, what? You know what I'm saying? I really enjoy it. So I, I say 9.5. I, it's just something about it that, that makes me not want to give it a 10 either. Um, I felt like it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Love the, love the pacing. Um, but it didn't like make me like 
I enjoyed the read, but like I I wasn't like glued. Right. Um, uh, so I feel like I'm probably gonna give it like an eight five nine. Um, still all really high. Yes, uh, like I said, it's really 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 good. Um, I, sh- I wouldn't glued, which I know Whitson was. And so yeah. I oh yeah, I've I've been loving these books. Um, oh, I, I'm I'm loving them too. I just. I don't feel like I can give it a ten or even a nine five, so I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd probably say eight eight five nine, somewhere in there. Yeah, I think the reason I'm not fully giving it a ten is because there's still so many things that are unanswered that I wanted to be answered, and so like granted, I know it's a series yeah. and there's more stuff, but um, right, that was going to be my complaint and why I was going to give it a nine out of ten, but then I was like, well, but I'm like desperate to read the next book like is that yeah. really a bad thing i don't think yeah. so yeah that's fair uh what about setting uh for me setting is probably the lowest score out of the mm-hmm. three really, i'd say like a really six and a half seven nothing wrong with it pretty pretty interesting when he describes the cities themselves or like yeah. you know Brightwater Wall in book one, um, or like this pyramid uh, with the mirror on top and like the right. city around it. Um, yeah. So like smaller settings and cities, he describes really, really well. But then like the broader landscape doesn't get very much attention or love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd, yeah, six, five, seven, somewhere around there. Yeah, for me also, like not much changed from the last book, but like the world building and stuff is still awesome and stuff and so uh i don't know i'll probably give it like i'll probably also give it like a seven just because like it's it's good i just wish we saw more of it the detail the way everything's described is awesome um it's very vivid um yeah seven well okay so for we need a separate category almost (laughs) for sci for for sci-fi fantasy right we have magic systems or tech systems in every world Right. And if we're not including that, I think the religion and the magic in these books are so cool. And if that, if that's included in setting, then I'd say it's like an eight, eight and a half. But if we're just talking about the world, the setting, then it's like a six and a half or seven for me. Well, and see, see, I I feel like you're right as far as like almost needing a a separate category there, because I feel like the the magic system goes into plot. It goes into characters. It goes into, um setting like i feel like it it's kind of a like like overall like can affect all three of those categories um but like just speaking from a setting standpoint um i think y'all hit it hit it pretty like seven six and a half like it like it's it's good there's nothing wrong with it but it's not it's not outstanding like there's nothing that's like drawing me towards it it's just it's kind of there um I think it'd be really cool in the next book to like lean into the pirate thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I like sea battle settings and stuff like that. Um, maybe lean towards maybe Kip and uh, Zyman get picked up by a different crew of pirates or something. And I don't know, that'd be kind of cool. I'm waiting for Kip to make his escape and just draft a skimmer and just get going. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Too. Uh, character. Um, I think I'm going to give it like an eight. I think some of the characters are exceptional. Like yeah. I think Gavin is a 10 out of 10 character. I think Kip and Iron Fist are 10 out of 10 characters. Um, even Karis 
like mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 character. But a couple of the characters are a little shallow. Uh, I think I think all the women being lovesick is kind of tired. I wish he didn't lean on that so often, you know? Yeah. Um, it, like to, to be fair, though, in this world, at least just like what information we have, like in this world, it seems like love's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Sure, and like... and their political marriages and marriages yeah. of necessity and things like that, and like you know, in this world, women still need men to be like their benefactor, or their you know, right, right. It, it's I mean, it's very it's like religious like... fundamentalist kind of, yeah, kind yeah. of. It's world. more of like a like a... it's not an old timey setting because it's not set in like our world, but like if it was in our world, it would be like a yeah, like like yeah. you're saying where like you we need that for to be something um yeah the the man that you're married to is as important as anything else about yourself as a woman in this world and and like you know time period wise and like with the religious system that's around them it makes some sense but still a little tired yeah so i would say i'd say an eight for character i'm kind of like on the same page with you the characters that like with an eight like the characters that like you love you really love and like the characters that you hate you really hate like andros guile and like you there's clear development and like people all throughout the book but there are some characters who are big like big players like live who i feel like are just kind of shallow it's like her entire character is like you said drinking the kool-aid and it's like i don't, I don't, I don't with her i just don't feel like her character makes sense a whole yeah lot, but. yeah it's very like it makes sense yeah past the decision but it's like i don't understand the decision you know and so i don't know it just feels there there are some that are a little rocky and i don't know maybe that stuff gets straightened out like you you can't grow everyone in the same book i guess so yeah, yeah it's true i mean there's just a temporal yeah. reality right you can only yeah. devote so right. many pages to so many yeah. characters right um yeah with live i just feel like and maybe it's because I'm not like letting her character grow. Like I'm focused on how she was portrayed portrayed in the beginning. But she was portrayed as like this really intelligent girl that was like Corbin Danavis's daughter, and like she was like living up to that name. And then like I feel like everything she's done since the decision she made to let Kip go um, mm-hmm. after Karis and went with him like everything after that it's like it feels like she's almost and i, I feel like part of that's her, her becoming her her right. becoming her own her own character which makes sense but like i just felt like it goes completely against what she was portrayed to be um so what i don't the know what's going on there? <laughs> but like like you were saying like i do like like gavin i love gavin i love his internal monologues um where like we see he's not this perfect person um and he's like super intelligent. He's like giving Kip all this advice. Um, I really like Kip. I think all his like I think his everything with his character makes sense. I'm just ready for I'm ready for him to get some confidence from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think he's slowly getting it. Um, I, I just think like look at what all you've done. Like you just like you're not you're not as bad as you think you are. But he's been put down his whole life, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think honestly, one of my favorite characters is Andros. Just like as a villain, yeah. like I just I love the way he's always playing 3D chess. Yeah. Like, like 
always. He almost reminds me of um like like the the the, the visual I get is uh uh Lelouch's uh dad. <laughs> he uh, reminds me of another character, but I can't I can't spoil it. <laughs> you guys you guys are gonna read that soon. Um but yeah. Oh oh I need to write, I guess. Uh <laughs> I'm probably like seven and a half, eight, seven yeah. and a half, eight, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. In the middle. I would say I, I do like, I kind of like Liv. Not not the character. Like, I don't like the character Liv, but the way that Burnt Weeks handled Liv. Because I feel like he, the color prince played on her little biases. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I feel like it was convenient. Sure. Yeah. I feel like it was convenient that the driving point of like all of it for Liv was that she didn't know that Dazen was Gavin. Yeah. I still still don't love that that's the driving force for some of these conflicts. I feel like that's like kind of shallow and infuriating cuz it's like well you could yeah. just tell them at this point, right? Like Right. Uh Yeah. Like it, it's fucked. You're gonna you're gonna be dead in a year, anyways. Like so many of these political alliances and all these problems would be solved if you were just open about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. That's a small gripe. There's so much else going on in the plot that it's like that's, that's kind of a background note at this point. Yeah. Um. But yeah, her little biases growing into these big biases, and her being like having her blinders on. Yeah. Uh. She's not yeah. my favorite character, but I I do kind of like the way that he has handled her character. Mm-hmm. For sure. I like. I mean, I get, I get she's becoming her own person. I just feel like it goes against like, I don't know. And I guess that's part of her becoming her own person. But like, even like her loyalty to one, and she picks herself. It just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. She's just not my favorite character, but that's okay. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into our TBRs real quick before we end the episode. Um, I'm probably. I don't know what our recording schedule looks like. I'm probably going to read three, four, and five, <laughs> and just reread them when we do them for Patreon or something. Uh, I love these books. Yeah. Like I think if if he sticks the landing, these will cruise into my like top five yeah um, um yeah i haven't made much progress on any of the other books i'm reading yeah same stuff as last recording yeah i was gonna ask if you got pariah yet if you'd started it not yet not yet i want to just buy the box set but i bought mortal oh, yeah. Kombat one instead hey <laughs> um yeah my uh as of when we're recording this, uh, which is at the very end of September, um, Secret Project 4 is about to come into the mailbox for me, and so that is big on my TBR list. I want to finish Mistborn before it gets here, and I'm halfway through, so um, hopefully I will I will finish it out. But other than Are that, you on Well of Ascension? Uh, no, I'm, I'm still on just book one. Just book one? Oh, just book one? I thought you I... said you were on book two the other day. No, I'm on. Uh... No, what did I say? Book two. I'm, I, I might mean, have been talking about Wheel of part Time two or something. Part two. I did say part two. Yeah. Oh. Which I'm about to. I think I'm on part three now, actually. So, 
It's getting really I've been good. Wanting to, I've been wanting to give it another try. I just haven't. The first and second books are really good. I didn't I didn't love the third book, but I've, I've heard Era 2 is good enough to just power through it anyways. Yeah. So. Yeah. What about you, Dylan? What are you reading? Um, I finished that uh, that lit RPG series. Or well, it's not finished, but there's only four books out right now. That lit RPG series I was talking about, where it's basically a video game, and like, yeah, it was fun. Um, it was really fun. Uh, kind of got repetitive. Um, but it was a good like palate cleanser read, which is kind of what I was wanting. Um, I feel like I've been like nonstop reading like really good art like books here lately, um, and I wanted something like. Not that it wasn't good, but just like something Pulp Fiction. Like, you wanted some Pulp yeah. Fiction. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I just wanted something that'd be like a really easy read that I could kind of like tune out at yeah. work and then kind of tune back in and not really miss anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was for good, good for that. And then I read uh, Promise of Blood, which is the first book in the uh, Gunpowder Mage trilogy, hmm. um, which I really, really enjoyed the magic system um, in it. It's really, it's really cool. Um, I don't know if y'all looked at it in any, mm-hmm. um, but so basically, like gunpowder is like, so like you've got normal sorcerers who can reach into, uh, I think it's called that, I forgot what they call it, like an aether or something, but it's basically they can reach in and they can manipulate it and do sorcery, they can lightning, fire, um, uh, ice, they can just do all sorts of fucking magic, um, and then you've got these things called mage breakers who um were able to do all that they were they were those sorcerers but they gave it all up to be able to nullify all magic around them oh cool so they gave up their powers and then you've got um uh these things called knacks who have like um a like they have a knack for something so like um it's it's part of the power but it's like they can like uh one of them like can like doesn't need lock or it's like really easy for him to lock pick or he can like open doors without lock picking them or mm-hmm. like um they just have little knacks like one of them doesn't need to sleep very often um and then you've got the gunpowder mages which they use gunpowder as like it's almost like a stimulant like the the vampire blood was for uh gabriel like so like uh, they snort it and <laughs> they get to go in like a trance and they get like heightened senses, heightened uh, uh, stamina, heightened uh, power. And then also they can like use gunpowder, like they can control gunpowder outside their body. So like if they have a bullet and some powder and they throw the power powder on the bullet, they can just make it go off. They don't need a gun um, or they can like uh, change the direction of bullets and stuff in midair and um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really it's really really cool. But basically, um, it starts you like right in the middle of a coup, um, of them like killing the uh, and this literally this isn't spoiling anything. This is like the first first chapter. They kill the king, and uh, it starts a coup, and uh, it's basically showing how like it's the the general is like he's like it's kind of like he's running all these problems it's like kind of hard to harder to run a country than i thought <laughs> and then like uh you've got this like other group trying to raise this this old god and all sorts of stuff so like it's, cool. it's good yeah it's pretty cool but long-winded explanation but <laughs> nah, that's cool um well if you uh enjoyed the episode make sure you share like subscribe or follow on your preferred platform as always, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. 
and now we're also on Patreon. Well, we will be tomorrow. Um, and so uh, if you want to get our bonus content, um, you can you can uh, go check out the Patreon um, and all that. Uh, join our Discord. Let us know some fantasy questions. Uh, follow our TikTok at the Tome Travelers Pod. And uh, yeah, let us know what you guys thought about this book in the comments too. So with that, I think uh, we'll go ahead and end the episode here and we will see you all in the next one. Peace. With Red Rising.